Luke Keekley is a player like anything we've ever seen at Boston College. You've seen the Matt Ryans, the Mark legs, the Zay Flowers. Luke Keekley is a once player, the best defensive player I have ever seen at Boston College. And I think it's pretty safe to say the best one we will ever see in Chestnut Hill. On today's show, we'll talk about his newest accolade that he just picked up. We'll get into what makes him so special. We'll also look at the basketball team and talk a little bit about where their ceiling might be for the rest of this year. And finally, we'll look at the transfer portal as there's always news to talk about as the portal keeps on churning. All of this and more on today's Locked on BC. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome. This is Locked On BC. I am your host, DJ Black. Happy Tuesday, everyone. If you're listening to this, I'm recording this during the midst of a absolute beatdown in the national championship game. But this is game, this is not about to talk about national championship. I'm not doing this as SEO traffic here. I'm here to talk about Luke Keekley. Boston College linebacker from 2009 to 2011 is heading to the College Football Hall of Fame. And he's doing this off of what was one of the most historic careers to ever go through Chestnut Hill. Luke Keekley, I, I, I'm telling you, I've watched some fun players, whether it's A.J. Dillon, Matt Ryan, you know, even B.J. Raji and, and Mark Herzlig. At his position, Luke Keekley was the best Boston College player I've ever seen. And he he could go down if any talent around him. Unfortunately, if you're a player from that team, I apologize. It was just there were some tough teams to watch in during that era. He would have been a national story because what made Luke Keekley so special was his ability to make plays. He was on pace. He had 560 tackles during his time. He made play after play. I, I, I all I can watching him play was every time that there was a ball that just went out of you know whether it was a running back you know on a, on a play or a pass, he just had the instinct to just consistently get to that spot. You, and it, it was something I've never seen before. Like he just instinctually was there, and he it was just like boom, boom, boom. And there were plays that he made that turned around games. And I, I go back to the, the his his career finale in Chestnut Hill. And it wasn't a game in Chestnut Hill. It was actually in Coral Gables against Miami. And I think he had two interceptions of that game. One of them was a pick six off of Ja'Cory Harris to end the game. He, he was doing it basically with one arm. And he absolutely dominated that game. This is a guy that was averaging, I believe it was something like 13 tackles a game. He was an absolute freak, sh- uh, 14 tackles a game, excuse me, which is number one in college football history, which is insane. This guy was an absolute freak. His 2011 season like, on a BC team that I believe didn't even make the, the bowl, uh, was not even bowl eligible. He swept 
defensive honors, including the Bronco Nagurski Trophy, the Butkus Award, the Rotary Lombardi Trophy, the Lot Impact. If this team was any better, he would have been in the Heisman talk. He would have been like that um, um, Sue from Nebraska. He would have been like that kind of player. He had 191 tackles. 102 of them were solos. And then in 2010, he had 183 tackles. Can you, I mean, are you hearing the numbers? I'm saying these are like video game numbers this guy threw out there. And the best part of it was this guy was BC through and through. This guy made plays and was a good student. And I love the I love the comparison of Luke Keekley to Clark Kent. It, it, they call him Clark Kent and Superman. Because if you've ever seen, I remember going to a uh, press conference and meeting Luke Keekley for the first time. And there he is sitting in front of me with curly hair and, and glasses. And I'm thinking to myself, this guy looks like just every BC student you see out there. But then he puts on the pads and the guy is a monster. And he does not look like the typical, like Ray Lewis or, um, you know, those typical linebackers that you see out there. Um, I had another one and I totally blanked out. Oh, Brian Erlacher, those big, like muscly freak guys that just like make plays all over the place. Keekley was not like that, but he was, he was the Clark Kenton Superman. And unfortunately he played for a team that just, didn't get the recognition that he deserved. I mean, he won every trophy because he was so good, but if he, you know, he was, if you put him on a good team, I just, I just think of like, what was, what would he have been like if he was on that 2007 or 2008 team, that team would have easily won the ACC. They would have beaten Virginia Tech. They absolutely would have beat Virginia Tech there. But that, that's just like, that's, that's fantasy booking right there. That's not what happened. But Keekly, he goes out there, he plays his heart out. He goes to the Carolina Panthers, has a legendary career, retires because of concussions. Can't hate the man for doing that. That's that's a smart business move right there. When you're starting to get concussions and they're starting to pile up, you got to take care of yourself. You got to take care of your future, your family. He does that. Now he's in scouting. I think he was with the Panthers. I don't know where he was last year. Um, but in the, in the midst of all this, he goes back and finishes his degree at BC because of course he does. The guy is a superhuman. Um, and he, he is, he's the first BC player to make the college football hall of fame since 2017. And that was Mike Ruth, who was another legendary BC player. So, you know, we probably won't see another player from BC for, you might see someone like AJ Dillon or, you know, I, I and I doubt he would make it because Luke Keekley is going in with guys like, you know, Tim Tebow, Dwight Freeney, um, some other big time players. This, this is for the big time players out there. Um, but you know, I have been a fan for Boston College for since the the late early nineties, I would say. And Luke Keekley was one of the f- most fun guys to ever watch because every time BC's defense was on the field, you knew he was going to make a play. You knew he would always know what was going on. You wouldn't get beat by a bad play. He was the most consistently good player I've ever seen. And I'm, I'm, I, I, I will stand, you know, folks might say an offensive lineman or, or a skill player. Keekly, Keekly, Keekly's a freak. And the fact, and the fact that he did it so under recruited makes it, even more impressive because he didn't have huge offers. He's a guy that came from St. Xavier in Ohio, 
you know, one of the first BC guys to do that. He comes here and he shows why he's a three-star. This is a five-star recruit. This was a complete miss by the recruiting services. Luke Keekley was a legend. It's so cool that he made the he made the Hall of Fame here. Because I think Canton's the next step for him. He's you know, he had a, a small a shorter career than I'm sure he wanted, but he he made his mark in call in, in the pros. And we'll talk about his pro career when he gets there on Locked On BC, but this is his college career. Um and thank you, Luke. What a career you had. Now, in our next segment, I want to talk basketball. We'll look at the basketball team after they lost to Duke. I want to kind of sit back and analyze where is this team? What more likely, more um, accurately, what is this team? What can we expect out of them heading forward? And what are some realistic expectations for BC heading into, you know, the stretch of ACC football? But if you know me, you know I love my built bars. I have a built bar every single day as a snack. It gives me a nice replacement when I don't have time to sit down and eat something. Built bar is healthy. And it, the best part, it's 100% covered in chocolate. We just got through the holidays. I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. And if you're like me, where you want to eat healthier, but you don't want to compromise taste, then man, I've got a thing for you. You've got to try built bar. With built healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious you won't think they're good for you. Perfectly good for your New Year's resolution. So I don't know how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And that's what's even better is that they're healthy for you. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar and a whopping 17 grams of protein. So if you're close to Sam's Club's run and grab a 13 bar box right now with hit flavors like brownie batter and churro, you can thank me later. And if you're on this website, go to built.com and use promo code lock 15. Again, that's lock 15 at built.com. This is locked on BC. And we're talking about BC men's basketball here. We just talked about our friend, Luke Keekley. Love him. He's heading to Canton and not Canton to college football hall of fame. I don't even know where the college football hall of fame is. Is it an actual thing? I know like the WWE, they have their hall of fame, but that's not actually a real thing. I've, I've never heard of anyone going to a college football hall of fame. Whatever it is, even if it's it's just an honor, it's a cool thing. So Luke Keekley's heading there. Now, men's basketball lost to Duke on Saturday, 65. As I said, they should have won. Down the stretch, they weren't able to hit shots. Duke's defense kicked it up a notch to seal the win. And BC made some costly fouls down the stretch that really kind of hurt the Eagles. So. Now that we're, you know, now the dust is settled after a, a couple big games. We saw the Virginia Tech game. We saw the New Notre Dame game, Syracuse and Duke. What is this BC team? Is it a team that is as bad as the UNH Maine and Tarleton State game? Is it as good as the win against Virginia Tech? Or is it somewhere in the middle? I argue it's somewhere in the middle. Now the Virginia Tech win is not looking as strong as it did a couple weeks ago because Virginia Tech just lost their third straight game in a row. So they're they're sorely, like very quickly out of the top 25. That being said, you just beat Duke, or lost to Duke that was only, you know, by a one one point game. So I think this BC team is set to make some waves. Now, will they make the tournament, the ACC tournament, I mean, the NCAA tournament? No, they're not going to make the NCAA tournament. That, that ship has sailed long ago, unless they go on some sort of 
massive tear. And that would include wins against big Miami Clemson's playing really well right now. Uh, UNC. I just, that's not going to happen. Let's be realistic here, folks. That being said, could this team do enough to the NIT? And that's going to be tough because their Ken Palm rating is terrible right now. They're at what? 160 or something like that to build some wins. And that could start with their game on Wednesday Miami. You know, every loss that you take, every UNH, every main loss that you lose, you need to balance that with a bigger win. Now, they had the Virginia Tech win. So, as I just said, is not that great. Notre Dame was okay. They need a big time here. They need to beat a team like Miami on the road. And when BC is is inconsistent offensively, that's going to make these games harder. Start to feel that they're getting their groove offensively. You know, against a team like Duke, the fact that you still put up 64 points is pretty good. Duke has a good defensive team, best, but they're they're pretty good. You scored decently against Syracuse. You're starting to find a rhythm offensively. You're seeing a lot less of the, you know, just passing it around the perimeter and hoping to God that your bad three-point shooters are going to hit a three-point shot and more of slashing, you know, pushing towards hitting those shots. And I think that is where they're going to find their success. You got a wide body in there like Quentin Post. You're going to do your pick and rolls. You're going to be able to find some screens. You're going to be able to offensively. I think... I, I think that BC probably is still even a little too far out to be an NIT team. I think that that ship has sailed and we'll get close. As we get closer, we'll look at, you know, how do they, how do they match up? They're still a 500 team right now. That's good. That means that they could make it one of those tournaments, but they got to start building some wins and you can't just start looking at games like Miami and going, well, that's an automatic loss. They're, they're mess. They're screwed there. They need to get those wins. They need to figure things out. And I, I get the sense. I mean, just what we saw against Duke with post back with him taking those big minutes, BC should be able to see right now. The top team in the, t- in the conference right now is, Cle- and Cle- I'm not going to bash on Clem, a very good player, but you know, I think they've they they're not a dominant ACC team like we've seen in years past. Like they're a beatable team too. So I like where BC's chances are right now. I think there's some chances for BC to make some noise. And 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 honestly, at the end of the day, with what happened in the out of conference schedule, building some sort of momentum is exactly what you want to see this program do. You want to see them start to, you know. Maybe build a couple big wins, um, you know, play tough against some tougher teams, get themselves around, like, you know, escape Tuesday in, in, in Greensboro, not have to play that opening game. Those are all steps in the right direction. That shows a program making progress. And then next year you lose Makai Ashton Langford, but you, you return almost that entire team. Quentin Post should be back. Uh, DeMar Langford should be back. Jaden Zachary. You're, most of those guys 
and your guys are are building up. So I think that's what I think is is a good ceiling. I, I don't I honestly don't think that NIT right now is for heading. I think they need to they need to show more. They need to show more consistently and they need to get some more big wins. They haven't done that yet, but we'll have to see where they go. Now, in a moment, I'm going to look at the transfer portal. This is the segment I know a lot of you folks want to talk about because on yesterday's episode, we talked about Logan Taylor. We're going to talk a little bit more about next. If you haven't done so already, if you're listening to this live on YouTube, hit us up in the, in the comment section, but also please like our video. That helps us get massive new eyes on our show. So if you hit like, it's a big help for us. Even if you already are subscribed, just like this video. And also, if you haven't, subscribe to our channel. We're trying to get up to 700 subscribers right now. That's our goal for the next couple of weeks. Help us get, hit subscribe right now to Locked on BC. You'll get all of our videos and it helps the podcast out tremendously and it doesn't cost you a cent. So if you want to do that right now, hit subscribe on, at, on Locked on BC on YouTube. All right. All right, so the transfer portal, this is Locked On BC. AJ Black, I'm the editor and publisher of Eagle Insider. The the transfer portal has been a uh, good friend of BC this year. Uh, Ironically, for a team that had only 10 commitments for 2021 and 2022, BC was up to eight. And this weekend, they had a handful of recruits on campus. They already landed one, as we said on yesterday's show. Go back and listen to it. Logan Taylor, the offensive tackle from UVA, committed to BC. It's a good get. Uh, the fans from UVA were pissed that the, he left, and NC State was bummed they didn't get him. So that's a good sign. Now, Jira Wilson was another guy that was reportedly on campus this weekend. He is a safety from ECU, a multiple-year starter. And I'm only here to tell you bad news here, folks. He committed to UVA. This was a guy I thought BC had a good chance. They needed safety help. They don't have a lot of depth there. This was something that we were hoping to be able to land. Um, And, you know, I'm not sure what he was looking for, but he's heading to UCF and that's, you can't, you can't hate. I, I, I am not a guy that rat bashes a guy for picking an, another team. So he, will BC look for another safety? I'm not sure. I haven't heard them connected to any other safeties. Surprised if they kind of wait until after spring practice, see if there's any guys that are out there that, you know, maybe come out after the, you know, spring games and, and figure out that they're not on the depth chart. We'll have to wait and see what happens there. But he is not coming to Boston College. He's going to go to UCF. The other news, um, and just this isn't news, but more of a let's keep an eye on this, is Baishal Tutin, the running back from NCANT that committed to Boston College. He um, he was on, to me, he put on Instagram over the weekend himself at Blacksburg at Virginia Tech, you know, off of those uh, recruiting pictures with him at the Virginia Tech uh uh, uniform on and and you know all the different photos that they take every time they go and recruit so it looked like to me that he was on an official visit to you to, to virginia tech that being said he hasn't announced anything to virginia tech usually a guy goes down there and it's like t- less than 24 hours later he commits at, at the time of recording this is what 10 o'clock at night he is not committed to virginia tech yet that being said 
if I, I you following the tea leaves of how Jeff Halfley has dealt with this in the past, I don't think that's a good sign. You know, he's committed to BC and he's taking official visits. I know the coaching staff in the past has not looked very kindly onto that. Now, this could be a different situation. It also could be old pictures. Who the heck knows? Kids just put up stuff. And so, and, and I haven't seen anything on 247 Virginia Tech site. None of the none of the writers have picked it up. None of the um, board members have figured it out yet. So I'm not reading too much into this, but it's something worth watching. Um, he, ha you know, all of these recruits that we've seen transfer to Boston College have yet to sign yet because they don't sign until they head on to campus, which is next Tuesday. You won't see BC actually announce these kids probably until the end of this week when they actually sign their, you know, um, financial aid paperwork and are officially a member of that university. So this might be one that might have you catching your breath until the end of this, because who knows? It, as I said, it could be that he was there visiting, which is bad. BC needs running back help. And this kid from uh, NCAA and T has, has the um, pedigree to do some big things. But on the other hand, it could just be, he's a high school, you know, in a high school kid, he's a first or second year player. You know, we're all adolescents at one point. Maybe he just was being silly and throwing up pictures. He's his picture on Instagram and Twitter is still him in his BC uniform. He hasn't changed any of that. So we'll have to wait and see. It's something that I think is, is a situation at least that's worth monitoring until he, uh, until he sends out the infographic, you know, so-and-so tune is Tutin is signed to BC. We have, we'll, we have to wait and see this, but we're going to head out right now on tomorrow's show going to preview the Miami Boston college game, give you any more transfer news and any other things that pop up over the next couple of days. We'll get everything in between. This is AJ black. Follow me on Twitter at AJ black underscore BC or at locked on BC. Thank you so much for listening. And for everyone who's made locked on BC routine, thank you as well. You make the biggest difference and you're the reason why I do this every day. I love having so many loyal listeners that enjoy this get out there. Mark Falzone had one really quick comment. BC women's basketball sweeps ACC weekly honors. Dontavia Wagner is player of the week. Tana Mayer is freshman of the week. And then uh, Jeff Shell has a question. I think we'll answer on another. Hi, AJ. How would you letter grade Halfley's transfer portal pickup so far? Are there any moves you think can and will still make? Jeff, I'll get to that on another episode. Thank you so much. I'm going to go watch the end of this game. See you soon.